Are you completely torn what type of digital product to make? Ebook, online course, workshop, printable? Today we talk pros and cons of them all. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast, where we feature everyday rebel women just like you who are taking charge of their life and creating a path to financial freedom by building a business online. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and it's time to build your empire. Welcome back, Rebels. I work with tons of aspiring digital product creators, and one of the very first questions that people ask me is, what type of product should I make? It's difficult to choose what kind of product you're going to make, and there are definite upsides and downsides to any kind of product out there. So what do you do? Good question. Today we're going to be talking to Lindsay McKenzie. Lindsay is not only an online entrepreneur, but she's also a full-time adventurer. After teaching kindergarten for six years, she left what was once her dream career to pursue a life of travel and freedom with her husband. They've been full-time RVing the U.S. for over two years, and in that time, they built a very successful travel and lifestyle blog brand, Follow Your Detour. She's leveraged her blog for a variety of other opportunities, including hosting a travel show, partnering with brands, and doing sponsored travel. She's also written a book, created an online course, has coached other bloggers, hosts an annual online event for RVers, and also runs a membership site for nomadic couples. As you can tell, Lindsay's done a whole bunch of things, so we're going to be picking her brain today on all the different types of products she's made and the pros and cons of them all. From online courses, to a book, to a membership site, you're going to learn a lot today. Before we dive in, don't forget, if you love this podcast, if you love Rebel Boss Ladies, leave us a review on iTunes. You might just win $50 from Amazon if you do that. That'd be pretty damn cool if you ask me. It'll take you just a few minutes, not even, and would make a huge difference for us. And we'd love it if you share this podcast on your Instagram stories or your Instagram feed. Grab a screenshot, share it on social, tag me, tag Lindsay. We'd love it if you do. All right, Rebels, let's jump on into the interview. Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I have been following you for a while and it's just cool to finally get to connect with you. So I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. Um, And we were introduced by Liz Wilcox. You guys know Liz well because she's been on the podcast twice now. So I'm really happy that Liz connected us. Um, But Lindsay, tell us more about who you are, your story, all that good stuff. Yeah, sure. So um, I always like to start that I'm a former kindergarten teacher. So my background in being an entrepreneur is non-existent. I taught kindergarten for six years and it was my dream as a little girl, what I wanted to be when I grew up. So, um, I, my husband and I had sort of a life altering situation where we discovered we couldn't have children together. And we, um, went through a long infertility battle and, um, it really made us reevaluate kind of how we were living and we were, you know, living in the suburbs, I was teaching, we were, you know, kind of living for the weekends and thought that we had built this American dream and it just like wasn't working for us and we felt stuck. So receiving this news that we couldn't have children really made us kind of stop and reevaluate our plans and our future. And that's where this idea of follow your detour came from. 
and we just thought, you know, this isn't a dead end. We're not stuck. We are just going to embrace a detour and take a, take a different path than we had planned. And it's going to be great. And we don't know what it's going to look like, but we're going to go for it. And so, um, that just led to a series of major life changes and, and really just transformational growth for me. So it, it led to me quitting teaching, um, us full-time RVing and really just this season of growth. And that's where, you know, this entrepreneur journey started for me of just me kind of trying out new things, working the blog, building an audience, and honestly not having a clue what I was doing, but figuring it out as I went. And I'm still figuring it out as I, as I go. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my background. So now we've built our blog, follow your detour. Um, and we've built a really good following in the RV travel industry. And now I just recently wrote a, the book, Follow Your Detour. So we've kind of dabbled in a little of everything in terms of digital courses. And um, I know that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I love your story. I think it's beautiful that you took uh, a difficult situation and kind of turned it around and embraced the new adventures to come in your future. Um, and I love that you have tried so many different things in your business. I think that's super mm -hmm. important, really keeping an open mind in all the different directions that you can take your business in terms of monetizing it. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, besides the affiliate marketing and sponsorship that I know that you are familiar with, you have quite a lot of experience now in digital products, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. from from the online course and from your book. Um, and I believe you have a membership site as well. Um, mm -hmm. You also worked on a virtual summit. So today we're going to talk about all of those different types of digital products and figuring out which one is right for you and your business and kind of like the pros and cons of each of those, because that's like a big pain point for a lot of people is figuring out what kind of product should I create? So Lindsay, what do you think is like the first step someone should take when they're thinking about creating a digital product and actually deciding what format to put that product in? So I first want to start by just like reminding people that building an online business is really a marathon. It's not a sprint. And I think so you put so much pressure on yourself so early on to focus on one thing or to do one thing. And, um, for me, it was really the first two years was just kind of this exploration of figuring out my skills outside of, you know, teaching and learning new skills. It was really a season of learning. And, um, and so first and foremost, like just don't put so much pressure on yourself early on and be willing to just take risks and try things and you can always readjust and, and make changes and pivot. Um, and you'll learn as you go. But a really great thing that I would recommend that I just recently, um, probably in the past six months, heard about. I mean, I actually heard it from Pat Flynn. And then now I'm doing um, a training course with Tony Robbins. And it came up again. So I wish my, you know, I could go back two years ago and, and do this exercise. So it's really um starting with your superpowers and thinking about what is your most unique traits and characteristics and skills. And so 
really taking an inventory on what, for one, really lights you up. What are you passionate about? Um, but also just an inventory on your skills. And it's really cool to ask other people as well and get their perspective. And if you ask enough people, you'll see commonalities and you'll know that those are your superpowers. So for example, when I asked some of my, I actually asked people from all walks of life, like friends from high school and college to old coworkers to current people that I, you know, collaborate with and work with. And, um, they, a lot of them said exactly what I had written down for myself, which was just that I really connected deeply with people. Um, I'm very compassionate and love to help people. And I'm just ultimately very people oriented and relationship oriented. So for me, you know, I started this, the first digital product I started was, um, a course and I learned pretty quick that that a, it wasn't a topic I was super, super passionate about and B, um, it wasn't dealing closely enough with people. And I know that you can incorporate coaching into a digital course, but I have learned that I really need to be face to face or at least, you know, virtually on video calls with people. And that was really helpful for me to learn that I need to be focusing on these relationships and connecting with people. That's my superpower. And, um, it's helped me really focus in on that and, you know, what I'm doing now and what I plan to do in the future. So just determine your superpowers for sure. And start with that and really be in tune with what you are passionate about talking about, teaching about, um, and really the kind of the format or the channel that you use and what's going to match those superpowers. So do you think that finding your superpower, do you think that there's ever a chance that what your superpower is, is different than what you want it to be? I think so. I think my husband was kind of surprised at what people told him because it was definitely more of like problem solver, analytic, you know, and those are great skills. Those were things that he kind of doesn't enjoy, which is kind of a double-edged sword. Sometimes what you're really good at isn't something you enjoy as well. Um, So that would definitely have an impact. And um, I think ultimately the most important thing, another question that came up in this training that I'm doing was what are things in your business that are things that you would never want to give up? You just love, you're obsessed with doing them. You wake up excited to do that part of your business. What are those things and you know why and I just think you have to be really in tune to those things in order to be able to keep your stamina and the momentum going that you need to build an online business. So that's, that's my recommendation. Don't do things you don't enjoy. You know, it should be something that you, that really lights you up and that you're passionate about. And I think that that comes through in everything you do because it's going to have a huge impact on your success. So I definitely agree with that. I think if you show up, to work every day, forcing yourself to do something you don't enjoy, then that can really seep through into the vibe that you're giving off to your potential customers and your Mm -hmm. existing customers. They're definitely going to feel that if they don't feel positive energy and happiness coming from you, then they're not going to 
enjoy being yeah. around you virtually. And I think that there's so, like I said, there's so much pressure you put on yourself early on. And there is, there's so many things out there telling you what you should do and what's the best way to do something. And you can get really caught up in the should do's and, um, and that can really steer you in the wrong direction. So being grounded in, in your superpowers and what you're passionate about and really your why of starting your business in the first place is the absolute must starting point, in my opinion. So you created this online course and later learned that it wasn't really in tune with what your superpower is. Um, what aspects like worked with the online course and then what aspects didn't work with the online course for you? So we, again, it's like perfect piggyback because when we started blogging, it was everywhere. Everybody was saying digital course is the best way to start making money through your blog. So we really honed in on that and, um, tried to figure out, okay, what could we teach people? What, you know, what do we have to offer people? And one thing that came up was budgeting and specifically budgeting as a couple, because for us, that was the most important thing in getting us um, from where we felt stuck to this new life of freedom and being able to start a business. Um, and so we wanted that for other people. We really wanted to show people. And so many people came to us and asked, um, you know, how do you guys travel full time? How do you afford it? And it wasn't so much about how we afforded it. It was how we made it a priority and how we managed our expenses and our budget to where we knew we could make it a possibility. So, um, that's another thing is if people are asking you questions all the time, that's a good place to start. Um, unfortunately, like I said, I, I wanted to sit down one-on-one -on -one with couples and go through how we budget and teach them in more of an intimate setting. That is just way more my personality. Um, but again, we kind of fell into this passive income and, you know, digital product, it can be up there and people will just come to you. Flocks of people will come to you and buy your, your course, you know? And, um, so we, we built a really great, I mean, we really focused on high quality content. We built a really great course, but what I wasn't, I wasn't aware of was just how hard it is to market it and how much ongoing work it is to do a digital course. And, um, even though you hear those stories all the time of people that say, just because you build it doesn't mean people are going to come. You just think yours is going to be different. <laughs> and like, we just were not prepared for the ongoing effort that really having success from a digital product or a digital course requires. And, um, marketing was definitely at that point, not my strong suit at all. So that's where it kind of fell flat for us. But ultimately the reason we haven't really gone in and, and put more energy into it is because of that personal connection that I feel that type of course that we built is lacking. And so if we go back and kind of bring life to that course, it would definitely involve more of one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, but the challenges really were some of it's, it can be pretty technically challenging um, and sort of complex because you, you can definitely use a program like Teachable um, and you can, if you're willing to front those 
um, costs in the beginning, you can find great programs that make it so much easier. Um, we, again, went the harder route and hosted it on our own website and therefore had to find um, a cart to use. We had to find an affiliate program to, to use for it. And it was just the technical piece of it all kind of just wore us out. So I, I don't know how I can kind of turn that into advice for people considering a digital course. Um, but I would just really evaluate, um, how you can tie in your superpowers into a digital course and be prepared for some of the technical challenges. And also the bar has been raised so high with digital courses that to stand out, I think you have to have really, really good quality content and um, really be organized in how you present that content. And um, we, again, just really weren't prepared for those parts of it. Okay. Lots of good nuggets of information here. I just want to kind of like highlight those a little bit more. So um, number one, you mentioned the technology. And I think that that goes back to your personality. Um, and I love that you mentioned initially finding your superpower, but even a step beyond that, it sounds like it's really useful for you to really highlight what is your personality? Like, what are you good at? Not necessarily just your superpower, but like, do you crash under the pressure of setting technology up? Are you more of like the visionary in your business or the day-to-day -day operational type of person who's okay setting that kind of stuff up? Um, it sounds mm -hmm. like you would have benefited from that kind of homework in the beginning, Lindsay, kind of analyzing that and maybe a tool like Teachable that's like a, uh, it has all of that stuff just built in um, would have mm -hmm. eased a lot of the frustration for you, which might not be true yeah. for everyone. Some people are totally cool with that technology aspects. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And my, you know, everyone's going to have different opinions about what's a pro and what's a con of certain things. And a lot of the cons are just challenges that you have to just kind of be aware of and and have a plan for overcoming. But yeah, I definitely love that perspective. Another thing mm -hmm. that I love that you mentioned was that um, you didn't realize that the marketing was like the most important thing. I find that to be true. A lot of people don't realize that it's not just creating the product. Like that's actually the easy part, I think. Like creating the course is like, you could do it in like a week if you wanted to. If you don't have people ready and willing to buy from you, there's a lot of work that needs mm. to be done. Um, and that's important for any product, not just online courses. Yeah, I was gonna say the same is definitely be prepared for that. And like you said, I think it's, I would say it's almost more important than the content itself because you can create the best product in the world, but if you aren't getting exposure to it, it's just going to fall flat. So yep. the best product, there's probably so many products out there that are amazing that no one knows about. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's so sad because like the marketing, it's definitely a challenge mm -hmm. to the marketing, but if you have a system in place and you know how to set it up so that you're constantly generating new leads without having to show up to work every day, um, like it works. But if you don't have mm -hmm. that, then you're definitely going to struggle. Yeah, absolutely. And you can always hire help for that. But again, it's going to, it's, it's hard to invest money in before you've made money. And that was our challenge as well. But 
one quick thing, just kind of a side note. I just heard recently that somebody hired a intern from a local college to help them um, with some of their marketing and it was free labor and the, you know, the college student was just eager to learn. And I thought that was a really cool solution to maybe getting some very new strategy, marketing strategies. And um, so yeah, there's a little, little pointer. I love that. So um, full disclosure, I did this before. Um, It can go really, really well or really, really not well. Yeah. Yeah. I could totally see that. Um, it just, it depends on the person that you get and the relationship that you have, the systems that you set up to enable that person to be successful. So yeah, that's definitely like a really creative way to find some free or, um, like really discounted labor, but it also has its challenges for sure. As with anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the online course wasn't your sweet spot. What did you do after that? So after that, and sort of actually during that, um, I collaborated with some other bloggers in the RV space for um, a virtual summit. And we saw this um, opportunity because there was really no, there was a lot of RV in-person meetups and events and conferences. There was nothing, nothing happening virtually. And there, we, there was just a real boom in the last two years of people hitting the road of all ages and really, especially millennials who, because they can work online or because people are, you know, finding it so much easier to start an online business. Um, so many people are hitting the road. And so there were four of us that we were actually a mastermind and we got this idea to have a virtual event for our viewers and help get people from just dreaming of hitting the road and living full time in an RV and traveling to actually getting them on the road. And so we all had a really strong network of people who were experts who were living on the road who could offer their knowledge. And so I've heard this kind of been called knowledge broker where you just go and you can kind of utilize other people's experience and expertise. And it was super successful. We had no idea what we were doing the first one, but we, we used it as a learning experience. We still, you know, had a lot of success with the event and then we did it a year later and it completely blew up and we had a 40, thousand dollar um profit from that so that one that was probably my favorite experience and it's something that we're gonna host again this year and so it's cool that it can be ongoing and get bigger and bigger and better um i loved it because i got to collaborate with people right that's my superpower so we got to work together and i could really focus on my best skills and the other three ladies i was working with could focus on their best skills. And I had somebody helping me with marketing since that wasn't something I was good at. And we all came together in our own genius zone to do something really big and cool and people, it really impacted people, you know? So, um, I, I love virtual summits. I just think it's a great way to get, to give people so much value beyond just yourself and, bringing in all these speakers to be in their genius zone and share their knowledge um, 
And the only thing that I feel is kind of a con of a virtual summit would be, it's just a lot of management, but again, it's just a challenge, but there's a lot of pieces that you have to think about. Um, but, but there's just so much you can do as well. You can find sponsors and it's really kind of a fun way to be creative and make it what you want it to be. And, um, yeah, I'll just stop there. (laughs) No, I love it. Um, so the summit was called full-time freedom week. Um, and Mm -hmm. actually your summit was inspiration for my summit. Um, Liz and I work Mm -hmm. closely together a lot and, um, you know, seeing her thrive with this, kind of year one and year two was good inspiration for me that I should pull my stuff together and do it too. So we've recently published a lot of podcasts on virtual summits. So for, for you guys listening, if you want to learn more about virtual summits, um, go behind the scenes of my virtual summit, go um, into a conversation with me and another person who hosts a virtual summit, go check out some of the past episodes. I believe they're episode 20 and 21. um, And you'll be able to kind of check out virtual summits and see if they're right for you. But Lindsay, what you said about it just being like logistics and like a lot of moving pieces, that's definitely so true. Um, But I love that you collaborated with three other people to make it happen. I think that doesn't Mm -hmm. happen a lot. You know, I think most of the time people are doing things by themselves. I think it's amazing that you found this group of people and really were able to pull this off as like a group project. And I'm sure that that has a huge, uh, that's a huge piece of why it was such a success. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, The challenge to that is you're really relying on other people. So you cannot be the type A control freak, which sometimes I can be. And that's been (laughs) great learning experience. Um, but yeah, it's cool to collaborate with other people because then you're getting exposure to their audiences as well. So I am a big, big supporter of just collaborating with people, finding people to team up and, um, the, you know, the, the more people that you can work with, the bigger things can be for sure. So I love the term that you mentioned, knowledge broker. Um, I find that a lot of times people are nervous when they're creating their first product that they just don't really know what product to make. Um, but a virtual summit is another example of something that you can do to take other people's knowledge and bundle it up with a nice bow on it and you can actually sell it. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. It's just a different type of product. Um, I, Absolutely. A similar idea would be like a bundle, a product bundle, less mm-hmm. like less um, personal touch there. It's not really, it's not interviews or anything like that, but bundling other people's products under the same theme um, and then selling that at a low cost price is also an option with the same type of model. Yeah. And as long as you're, you know, bringing value to your audience and you're helping solve some of their pain points, that's the most important thing. So you're still going out and finding the best resources or experts in certain areas. If that's not your area, um, it's still very helpful to your audience. So I would definitely be, you know, okay with doing that and not, not feeling like you have to know everything. I think that's, if anything, more genuine to your audience, you know. Beyond the virtual summit, you also um, wrote a book. Talk to us a yeah. little bit about that. Like what worked really well? What didn't work really well? What were the challenges involved in that? All the good stuff. 
Yeah, so the book started sort of for almost personal selfish reasons because I love my husband and I's message and our story. And I had given bits and pieces of that on our blog, but I really wanted to dive in deep. And um, of course I had hopes that my story could help inspire other people and it already has through our blog, but it was really a fun way for me to just pour my heart and soul and everything that's behind what we've been building for two years into this book. And in some ways, like I said, we got caught up in the should do's of, you know, on online business world. And in some ways I felt like we kind of lost the whole meaning behind why we started Follow Your Detour. And so that's why the book was so important to me to be able to, to put all that passion somewhere and, um, not worry so much about teaching people things so tactically, which you can do with an ebook as well. But for me, it was more about the inspiration piece and really helping people navigate just kind of the uncertainties in life and, and to go for and take risks for their dreams in life. So um, that's why I say it was kind of a, a selfish thing because I, while I definitely tie in like mindset and lessons through, you know, the telling of my story that I, I wanted people to be able to apply to their own life um, was definitely more of a passion project for me. But what I love about eBooks um, and I'm talking, I, I know that some, some online entrepreneurs will do like a sort of a PDF shorter ebook version. And, um, and that's a great tool, I think, especially maybe for an opt-in or to, to build some credibility and to share some of your knowledge and expertise. But, um, mine was on Amazon and then I also did the paperback, but, um, what I love about books is that it's, in my opinion, it's a great way to build a good fan base and following. And it's a good way to really um, share everything about yourself, you know, and the the emails and the messages that I've gotten as a result of my book have just been completely mind blowing to me. And it's really helped me again, since superpower, my superpower is connecting with people. It's helped me build a deeper connection and relationship with my audience. And, um, I just think it's a great way to build that, build that credibility and that bridge to your audience. And it, it's just one of those things. It's really cool to say you're an author. You know, I think that's just, it's a cool title to have. And it, it kind of gives you a little one up in my opinion. So, um, of course it's, it can be intimidating if you're not a writer, but I think writing is one of the biggest skills you can have as an online entrepreneur. And um, so I would encourage that to not let anybody, you know, not do an ebook because they're, they don't think they're a good writer. I think everybody can write in their own voice and you don't have to have perfect grammar and, you know, like you can hire an editor and clean it up. Um, but I, I think a book is a great way to also just leverage other opportunities. Like I said, it's just a cool way to have that title and be able to do speaking or, um, you know, find other opportunities. So 
love the ebook route for sure. There is definitely a credibility aspect when you write a book and you get to call yourself an author. I know that if I see somebody who's a, an author, I, I think like higher of them <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, what was that yeah. process like actually writing the book? Oh my goodness. I did it in 62 days, I believe. And I wrote the rough draft in 25 days. So it, it was really fast. Um, I did take a coaching program, which really kind of held my hand through it all. And I, for me, it was because the message was so just dear to my heart and it was such a passion project. I wanted all of my energy to go into the actual writing and creating and not so much the marketing or the, you know, like the technicalities of it and the, the process. And so, um, since I knew that, that about myself, I hired a coach to help me with some of the things that I didn't want to focus on so that I could put everything into just the content of the book. And, um, it was very cathartic, obviously, since it was an emotional book. Um, and like I said, just a huge benefit to connecting with people and, um, just reaching people in a different way than some of the other ways that my blog tends to with RV articles and, and budgeting and, and stuff like that. So I think that's really um, important that you mentioned that your book is helping you reach people in a different way. Um, it's easy to overlook that from a business standpoint. We, we sometimes get like really narrow tunnel visioned and we think, okay, we need like a lead magnet. We need a, an online course or some kind of product. Um, we need to write blogs to drive traffic. We need to be on social media. Um, but we don't always think, okay, well, like maybe some people in my audience don't want this product in this medium or, you know, like they might be better with video or they might want to read. And it sounds like you're capturing people mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And I also kind of had that epiphany recently of just understanding it's okay to have different audiences in different places too. And I don't know why it took me so long to, to realize that, but even with our Instagram, I'm reaching different people than I am on our blog. And um, while we don't, do too much on YouTube, that's a totally different group of people. And now my book has attracted, you know, what I thought I was writing for a lot of my followers um, through our blog, I actually was writing for a totally different group of people that I've, that I've attracted. And, um, and there's a lot of power in that. And I think we get caught up in that, like, who's your avatar? Who's your ideal customer? And sometimes that can be in, be different in different, you know, areas than, that was kind of a breakthrough for me. And well. they can also be in different stages of their journey. Um, like oftentimes yeah. we're creating products for earlier versions of ourselves. And why can't the mm -hmm. same be true for our audience? You know, they might be like primed mm -hmm. to buy from you or they might be like a year away from that, depending on where they are. Yeah, yeah that's a great point. Absolutely. Now, I know you also have some experience with membership sites. Tell us a little bit about that. So because I loved the collaboration piece of the virtual summit, my husband and I were in another mastermind with couples, with other traveling nomadic entrepreneur couples. And so I started brainstorming ways that the six of us, the three couples could collaborate for something. And we had found so much 
benefit and so much value in our mastermind as couples specifically that we wanted to open that up to other people and specifically other couples and other traveling couples who are trying to build online businesses and build a lifestyle that is, you know, location independent and sustaining this travel piece of our life. So we decided to build a membership site so that we could have just sort of a one-stop shop for couples looking for all the resources of this kind of crazy lifestyle that we chose. And, um, you know, we just, we saw a need for it because we all had been traveling for two years and just felt this, felt this need for somewhere to connect with other couples. And, um, you know, like you can go to Instagram and Facebook groups and there's obviously blogs and YouTubes, but it's just kind of all over the place. And, you know, sometimes Facebook groups, there's people that aren't as positive or aren't as serious about the lifestyle or, and so there's just kind of a lot of clutter out there. And there's obviously tons of courses and blogs and videos and just, we wanted to kind of clear that clutter and build really a small tight knit community of couples who are doing it and want to support each other. And so we built what's called nomadcollab.com and we just collab as a community to have all the resources in one place. And we have all the social and communication tools all right on the website. And we have virtual events weekly where we can see each other's faces on the computer and connect a little bit deeper than maybe an Instagram, you know, direct message and things like that. So that again, I can't, I can't say it enough. It was just right in my wheelhouse and my superpowers of just connecting with people and building a community and relationships. So that has just been another super enjoyable thing. And our memberships are kind of on, on the rise and kind of becoming a lot more popular. And um, I think that's because of all this kind of noise and everybody's in this online entrepreneur world and trying to build products and it, it's starting to get a little noisy and cluttered. And so I think people are kind of looking for avenues to, to clear that out a little bit. Any advice on growing a membership site or, you know, um, thoughts on what people should do when they're thinking of starting their own? Um, my advice is to go very slow. So we are, we did two rounds of beta. We did the first round for 12 weeks and we got 11 couples and we just did everything for these couples and they really helped um, shape the, the membership. Um, and they, they even paid to be in beta. So it's not like you have to wait to start earning um, an income, but I just think if you can really put everything into your initial members, it's going to grow so much faster in the long run because those members are going to be so happy to go and share with other people and bring people in. And they're going to have kind of a sense of ownership for the membership and, and want to be a part of expanding and growing and sharing. So definitely start small and don't try to just, you know, open the doors and let anyone in and their mom and dad in. <laughs> so like, we did an application process because we really wanted people to be committed to the membership. We didn't want a Facebook group or just, you know, you're attracting anybody. Have you encountered any challenges with growing and maintaining that? Um, 
since we're doing it as a team, you know, there's always challenges with just communicating and staying on the same page as one another. Um, but we have weekly meetings. We had a little retreat where we all got together in person and we're able to really get a lot done together. Um, but the biggest challenge has really been just keeping people super engaged in the membership. So because again, there's Facebook and these things kind of stealing everyone's attention at times, um, keeping the engagement going within our community has been a definite challenge. And from what we've heard from other people who have had membership programs, that's just sort of a natural, I mean, you can't make people go in and, and engage. Like you just have to try and give them all the opportunities to to be a you know valuable member of the community, but there's just no guarantee there. So um, it does take a lot of work in, in getting people to engage and um, be inside the community and really kind of give life to it. You're really depending on the members. Yeah, there's so. definitely a lot of moving pieces. I would equate a membership site in terms of workload and maintenance to something like a virtual summit, except membership sites are like all year round. Um, if you're, if you guys are thinking of creating a digital product that's more passive, I would say membership sites are definitely not the place for you to be. Just because, like you were saying, Lindsay, it's like, it's work. You know, like you're with a team, and I'm sure you still have quite a bit of work to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the nice thing is we are benefiting from the members just as much as they're benefiting from us. And so if you can really build a close community and build those relationships, it's, it doesn't feel like work in some ways, you know, and you, you're learning from them just as much from they, they are from you. So. Yep. That's amazing. Um, I would agree with that. My membership, uh, Rebel Boss University, um, I use it just as much as anyone inside of it uses it. <laughs> and I think that that's a testament to like the kind of products that we create. You want to be able to stand by it and like really believe in it um, and like the value that you're bringing. Yeah. And so I love that I use it and it sounds like you're getting a lot of value out of yours too. Okay. So we talked about membership sites, online courses, virtual summits, and eBooks. Is there anything else that you have done that we haven't talked about yet? Believe it or not, <laughs> I should also say that my word for this year for 2019 was focus because I had this two years of just kind of dabbling in everything. Um, I decided to kind of clear out some of the things, the obligations and the commitments that I had and really focus in on just a few things. So um, this has all just been my learning experience in my journey, but I did do blogging coaching also with Liz. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that. And that is something that I would love to do again. We, we collaborated. And so again, we got to each just teach in our zone. So I got to teach specifically for blogging, monetizing your blog. And like, for example, Liz taught about building your audience because that's her genius zone. And so once again, collaboration was huge and we did video group coaching. So we had a small group and we met weekly and I got to do that face-to-face -face interaction with people and um, see 
I think coaching is so rewarding because you get to really see firsthand the results and how you're helping people and impacting them. Whereas a digital course, sometimes you never hear from the students that go through your course and having, you know, the face-to-face interaction over the computer is, is really rewarding. Um, but then again, coaching is not as passive, just like we said with membership, it's not as passive. It's definitely trading your time for money. And it just depends on if that's, you know, something, a route that you want to go. But, um, for me, it, it's all about the people and it made a lot of sense and it's something I really enjoyed and want to, want to do in the future. Yeah, I think that's amazing that you're like, you obviously know what you enjoy, which is like being around people and collaborating with people, you know, working in kind of like a one-on-one or small group setting. Um, And even though it's not 100% passive, like that's what you enjoy doing. And so that's what you're going to do. And I really like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Cool. So we talked about a lot and I I just want to highlight that your word is focus. Um, So you are a great person to come on for this episode to talk about like all of the different types of products that you've experienced. But I also just like want to highlight that no one is standing here recommending to you guys listening that you should do all of the things. (laughs) Like definitely pick one thing at a time and and go with it. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that would have... It's hard to like, I'm not a regrets person. I feel like you learn from all of your experience and I I feel like you're probably that same person. Um, But like, how do you think Mm -hmm. that focus would have been different in your business? It definitely would have made an, especially going back to the first digital course that we did. I think if we would have really committed to that for the entire like first year, probably it would have been so much more successful. Um, Unfortunately, it wasn't really something I was super passionate about too. So that's okay. But now, you know, I like to kind of focus on things sort of in chunks and I can do sort of like project based. Like, so I did really like 90 days of my book where that is all that I focused on. I wasn't even blogging. I was hardly on social media. It was just pure focus on the book. And now that it's released and it's out and I've launched and I've done the initial promotion, I, I'm going to continue to always be promoting my book and doing ads and marketing. And, um, but it's obviously not as demanding in my time. I can step back from that a little bit. And that's when we started the uh, membership And so I would definitely think, take things one at a time and really make sure that you see something out and, and really fully confidently know that if you step back a little bit, it's not going to completely plummet and all your work is, you know, gone (laughs) shattered, but, um, (laughs) they definitely don't do everything at once. Um, pick something, commit to it, try it, see it out. And before you can really move on to something else, but in the same breath, yeah, be, be willing to try new things and experiment in different areas. And, um, and I think that once you found, once you find the one thing that really lights you up is that's where you're going to know you're going to, you're going to gravitate towards that anyways. And so you'll naturally kind of find that focus. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, all right, Lindsay. So we could talk forever about all kinds of digital products and all of your amazing experiences. Um, but tell us where we can find you online. So if anyone's interested in learning more from you or hanging out with you, they can find you. Yeah. So the best is just to go straight to my website, followyourdetour.com. And I love getting emails. I love that more personal touch. So feel free to email me about anything that I talked about, which is Lindsay at followyourdetour.com. Um, but yeah, you can access my book, the membership site, everything right from Follow Your Detour. And, um, and then I'd say in terms of social media, we're most active on Instagram and that's follow underscore your underscore detour. Awesome. So cool. Well, this was so much fun. We appreciate you kind of taking us behind the scenes of your business and helping us understand how to choose a digital product that's right for us. That was episode 28 of Rebel Boss Ladies with Lindsay McKenzie of Follow Your Detour. Go check her out, you guys. She's incredible, and I love, love, love her message. Don't forget to leave a review, share this episode on social, and tune in next time. On our next episode, we're doing something way, way different. I've never really known what my personality type is, and everyone always asks me. So come listen in as I take a personality test and then get coached by the one and only Britt Colo of marketingpersonalities.com. She's going to break down my personality type and explain why it's even important to know this type of information. And then she's going to share how I can customize my business practices to have the most success now that I know what my personality type is. That's episode 29. Be sure to check it out. Rebels, thanks for being here. I'm your host, Eden Freed. And remember, keep kicking ass, keep putting in the work, and most importantly, keep showing up. Oh,